I want me some glory hole. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether this is an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank Agent Every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Bo Cephas, here we go. 22 and 10 on the week, including Woo! another. Four and one in the NFL Super Contest and to the clients. Monster College Football Saturday. Monster NFL Sunday. And you know, buddy, with Halloween coming up, I have a feeling that the monsters are out and we can expect several more huge weekends coming up. Speaking of monsters, I'll tell you what, my friend, I could have done without that monster tab from drinking our night away on Saturday. <laughs> I could have done without that monster hangover that followed. But most of all, buddy, I could have certainly done without the monster that I woke up next to on <laughs> Sunday morning. Holy shit. Longhorn must have been super, super horny. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Are you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the one and only DallasCowboys.com called the Football 401k with our very own Bo Cephas and RJ Choppy. Hey, Chop, tell the people how excited you are to spend another year with FGH. Well, I made it to the top. This has been the worst experience of my life. Kill me. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo! Cephas, as always, right here on a sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. 
We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir, sir. Tonight it is very special because it is now October, and this is the favorite month of all beer connoisseurs because it's time for Oktoberfest, baby. So in honor of that, I am drinking a Pollard Oktoberfest, the original. Uh, it's 4.75 out of 5 stars on the beer app. It is my favorite Oktoberfest, so why not kick it off with this one first? <laughs> why not start off the best? Because that's what we are, and that's what we fucking deserve. Now, mm-hmm. little history lesson for you people. Oktoberfest was started on October 12th, 1810. It was originally to celebrate the marriage of King Louis I and Princess... Teresa Zakahashen Hildebrandsheisenstein. And for the celebration, old Hildy was like, uh, Hey, Louie, could you like not get drunk and talk shit with your buddies like all night? Could we just have like a nice sit-down dinner? I mean, it is like our wedding night and everything. <laughs> and King Louie looked at her very lovingly and said, and I quote, Bitch, have you lost your goddamn mind? I'm the fucking king, and it's 1810. You got a law, and I mean a long time to wait before a single word you speak means a goddamn thing to anyone. <laughs> and then, during the actual first toast of the first Oktoberfest, King Louis made his only prophecy, as kings are apt to do, mm-hmm. and it actually came true. And here's the actual prophecy, and I've got the actual scroll here, Longhorn. You can see how old this paper is that I'm holding here. So word for word, here it is. And this is the way the scribe wrote it. And King Louis raised his glass and spoke <clears throat> thusly. Can you believe this bitch thought she had a chance on this night to say how it was going to go? That shit was laughable. However, I do predict that within 200 years, you fucking idiots will actually start listen, listening to the lesser of our species. And we'll give them a say in the house, a say in the onslaught of heathen democracy, and a say in your households. And eventually, some dumbass New Yorkers are going to elect a dumbass bartender with an IQ lower than this stein of fucking beer I'm holding. And although she will have fantastic tits, she will literally be the worst decision America has ever made. And that is saying a goddamn lot, people. Just trust me. And that was the end of his quote. And Longhorn, I just have to ask, uh, after your Jets money line pick last week, do you get a little... King Louis blood in you because that was a fucking equally impressive prophecy that you had last week, sir. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to like think about who exactly you might be talking about. Like, is it I, I kind of eliminated Hillary Clinton because she has horrible tits. So <laughs> I, I, I immediately I'm immediately drawn to uh, Captain Dipshit Bartender AOC. Uh, yeah, she's you know. Yes, I feel like a prophecy, and yes, I'll I'll, be, I'll prophesy some more coming up when we get into it. But yeah, why exactly did we ever give these women the power to think they have a voice? Why, why did that happen, Bosevas? Well, we'll get into that history lesson a little later on, and a little <laughs> later on the podcast, we're going to go over King Louis II here is next great prophecy. But right now. We're going to get into the podcast. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? We're going to go into every, and I mean every, fucking game with King Louis II and myself in the air tonight. <laughs> and we're going to get you paid as we always do with our best bets and our free picks. But right now, 
We got to get fucking painted to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by MeanPingPills.com. Are you having trouble in the bedroom? You know what I mean. Does your one-eyed monster have the pink eye? Did your lion Pinocchio get a dose of the true serum? Is your Kirby fucking striking out every night? Well, I have your solution. It's Mean Ping Pills. Mean Ping Pills will have your fuck fin swim the vaginal canal like a champ in no time. Mean Ping Pills are made from all natural ingredients, which consist of 98% fix-a-flat and 2% sugar. So if your love gun is shooting blanks, your damn lap rocket won't blast off, your fucking disco stick forgot out of boogie, God damn it! if your steaming semen trunk has run out of gas, you gotta get Mean Ping Pills, baby. Go to MeanPingPills.com and put in our code word GloryHope for 10% off their custard launcher starter program. That's MeanPingPills.com, code word GloryHope for 10% off their services. One more time, MeanPingPills.com, code word GloryHope. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, those Mean Ping Pills sound like a serious product. And although you might be hot shit predicting NFL games, word on the street is, uh, you know, you need a little help in the bedroom. And I think you've given Mean Ping Pills a call, though. So, so can you give us a little uh, fucking uh, testimonial there? Yeah, this is not breaking news, my friend. <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody knows I do not leave the house without a pocket full of the of the blue pill. <laughs> um, but I, but I will say after my experience last Saturday night, I, I you know I think instead of the the uh, the what, what was the product name again? The mean peen pills, baby. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I needed mean peen. I think my peen was mean. He was mean at me for what I did to him. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, and as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby! <laughs> yeah. Like my boy said, 22 and 10 ATS, 4 and 1 in the Super Contest, and we are fucking rolling, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was literally the best time ever, and as you know, I drink through the good times, you drink through the bad times and the good times, I guess. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that says about you, but I mean, <laughs> I, I had a super, super good time last weekend. I think what it says about me is that I'm not dependent on a good time or bad time. My alcoholism runs thick and through, baby. I am tried Very and true. true. Never Very fucking true. fails. All right, but we do have to tell ourselves, as we always do, in the bad, the bad last week, uh, Old Miss, I gave it out on both podcasts, I believe, as a free pick. Uh, Old Miss plus 14 and a half. It was a real pick of ours. We did lose that. The numbers showed that they would stay within that number. In fact, the game opened Longhorn at 18 and a half, got bet all the way down by Jeez. all that sharp money. All the way down to 14 and a half. And even the sharps, the sharpest of the sharps, get got it at 18 and a half. Yeah, they didn't fucking win either. So obviously, Old Miss sucks beyond any measure of reasonable. Professional handicappers, I don't know what to say. Lane Kiffin, you fucking suck, bro. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we were we were at the bar watching that, and um, it was pretty evident pretty early that the under pick that we had in that game was golden, 
And the Ole Miss pick was uh, struggling. And yes, it was. And now we're going to move on to the RU Fighting. And this week, that award goes to Oregon. Oregon, you were the number three team in the nation. You had a golden road paved to the college football playoff. You beat, <laughs> uh, I believe they beat, they beat Auburn? Or no, no they, they beat Ohio State. Beat Ohio State. And you were eight-point favorites on the road against a Stanford team that isn't even in our top 40 in our power rankings. And you lost straight up in overtime. You know what? Fuck you, Chip Kelly. That's what I have to say. Chip Kelly? <laughs> I don't think he's there anymore. I'm still blaming him. I don't give a fuck. I'm still blaming <laughs> Okay. I'm blaming enough. him, and I'm blaming Marcus Mariota. It's both their faults. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Screw Screw Hey, what about what about Nike uh, millionaire, billionaire? Screw him, too? I mean, I am wearing a Nike shirt right now, but yeah, fuck that guy too. Yeah, no, you should burn that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Alright boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time to go over all those games in the air tonight. A long one. We're going to start. Where? Those Atlanta <laughs> Falcons are the home team, I guess. And they're hosting the Jets. And quick caveat for to get into this. Uh, Longhorn, we have yet to send a team with a winning record to London. Ever. And we wonder why these people won't get into our great fucking game. But... Whatever. Atlanta's three-point favorite in London against, you know, the shitty New York J-E-T-S. Yes, yes, yes! Is that true? We've never sent a winning team over there? I read it on the internet today, so I'm sure it's true. Yeah, it's got to be true if the internet says so. Holy shit. Yeah, we send them the trash that they deserve. Um, <laughs> so, but, hey, but listen. We got some listeners over there. I apologize uh, to shit, all the people. I'm- I am so uh, sorry, and but not sorry at the same time. <laughs> like, you, should, you should really cross the font. It's, the freedom's a lot better. Well, the freedom used to be a lot better over here. I don't, I don't know what's happening over here. Maybe, maybe we're turning into y'all. But, but listen, I should have hit the sounder last week uh, when the Jets played Tennessee. I kind of hinted at it, pushed out, didn't actually hit the sounder. So that's a, that's you know, I don't know if I get half credit. You know, quarter whatever credit I get, it's not full credit because I didn't actually, you know, go full out and call the and call the win. Um, obviously, you said this game is in London. 
you know, I don't, I don't think I don't. And, and actually, we just talked before the podcast, and you said that Calvin Ridley is not making this trip. So that's that's just a, a, a tick up again to the Jets side. I, I've got to lean to the Jets here, um, Bo Cephas. And if the Jets have anyone, literally anyone, who can cover and tackle Corderell Patterson, they will win their second game in a row and probably easily. Um, their defense has been physical and has played above expe- expectations. So I say they can and will. Uh, the New York Jets are 7th in defensive YPP. Atlanta is 27th in defensive YPP. And Atlanta is 4th worst in sacks. So Wilson, again, just like last week, is going to start to feel comfortable and and uh, you know and get into a little bit of rhythm back there. Crowder is a, is a perfect safety valve for him. And, and he came back last week and that paid off big for him. So as a matter of fact, hit that sounder, Bo Cephas. Take the 3 with the Jets. I don't think you're going to need them. I think they win their second game in a row. Somehow, but you know when you're playing when you're playing Atlanta, that's that's probably not that big of a stretch. So yeah, go Jets! Missed the center last week. Let's do it this week. All right. Well, I don't have a feeling in this game, and the numbers are split, and I don't really care about this game. We have both <laughs> these teams on our season long under bets in Vegas, and they both look fantastic. So personally, yeah. I am rooting for the tie and okay. our money on this one. All right, that'll work. All right, moving on. We're going to go to Tampa Bay, where Tommy Boy is back home. Hopefully not in the rain. And uh, he's hosting those Miami Dolphins, and they are 10-point home favorites. Yeah, it's just a monster number. And you got one of the worst secondaries in football. And, yes, I, I understand that it's it's injury. You know, the, the reason is our injuries. And at the end of the year, you know, the, the, they won't have these secondary problems, and they'll probably get back to being – you know, maybe the Super Bowl favorite. But right now, the back door is just always going to be open when, when you have a, a defense that's this bad in the back end. Um, now, they are coming off a Super Bowl-type win, and that's a that's a letdown spot for, for almost every team. You know, is Tom Brady, is, is he immune to letdown spots? Maybe, but I feel like this is, this is the perfect situation with a letdown spot. Bad secondary, and Flores. Don't don't forget the familiarity with Flores, and uh, his his time that he spent with New England, and his ability to slow down Tom Brady enough, much like Belichick just did last week. If he can slow down Brady enough, when they're already probably on a letdown spot, and a bad secondary they're going against, I just feel like I feel like they can put up. Put up enough points, catch that back door, and get within that ten. So I've got to lean to Miami here, and um, you know it's it's ugly because you know if Tampa Bay is motivated, they they could do what they want. But I'm going to stick with what we always stick with, and Tampa Bay lean back door action for Miami, and that's that's the way I see this one. What did the computer say? You said Tampa Bay lean. I'm sorry, Miami lean. Okay. Miami lean. Miami lean. And backdoor, okay, so you're leaning on the backdoor of Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way that they cover this. But, I mean, I'm not going to lay 10 points uh, to, I mean, again, I know that it's not going well, but we still believe that, you know, Flores is a really good head coach. Now, the biggest thing, and you and I have discussed this, and it's going to be a big problem for Miami, and it is going to be a big problem in this game. Their offensive line is just like everything they hit on last year, everything that we didn't think was going to happen is why we had Miami downgraded last year so badly. 
It happened. All the rookies played well in the offensive line. And this year, they have played like shit. Like absolute shit. And I don't know if it's some of that. It may be Jacoby Brissett holding the ball a little bit longer than a Tua. Because Tua was getting the ball out pretty rapidly. Uh, if you look at his numbers across the league. But this line has been moved three yeah, three points. So it was... Uh, looking at here. I just fucking had it. Sorry, it was... Sorry, two and a half. So it was it was seven and a half. Now it says two and a half points, which you know initially the line moved uh, four points for the two downgrade. We said that was too much in Las Vegas. We were right about that. Now it's back to two and a half points. You know uh, we said initially we didn't think Jacoby's up was that much of a downgrade from Tua. I think two and a half after watching these last couple games, probably especially with the offensive line ways playing, it's probably fair just because Brissett is not as quick a decision maker. He's 28th in the league in EPA plus CPOE. I mean, there's no doubt at this point he is a downgrade from Tua. It was definitely not four points. We were right about that. Two and a half might still be a little bit hairy, but I don't know. It, it, it actually might be right, but I agree with you on the spot. If I had to bet it, if I had to bet it, I would go to the Dolphins, but I think this number is pretty close to right. The numbers are split on it. So that's telling you it's basically a coin flip game. You want to bet a coin flip with Jacoby Brissett coming in the back door? Maybe, you know, maybe, but you know, I don't know. I really don't want. I really don't want any part of this. And when you were when you brought up the offensive line, I just pulled up. I just pulled up the PFF grades, and from left, I, this is worse than I thought. I probably should have looked at this before uh, <laughs> we did the podcast. Well, I'm just going to read left to right, from left tackle to right tackle, just the scores, the PFF grades, forty six point four. 52.3, I cannot tell you how, like, just just take the, the Cleveland Browns, they're all in the 80s. So, some are in the 90s. Mm. I cannot tell you how bad this offensive line is for Miami. What's the so, name of that left that. tackle there? What's his that name? That would be Austin Jackson, second-year player out of UFC, uh, U, U, USC. USC. Yeah. yeah USC. So I remember when he came out in the draft, you were not high on him. You're way better than that stuff than I am. You were not high on him, and then he kind of came out and shocked everybody's balls off by playing great last year. But now mm-hmm. I did hear that, and I read that today that he has played absolutely oh. fucking horrible this year. And obviously PFF agrees with that assessment. So, man, against that defensive line with Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and JPP coming back, and the, the way they—I mean, you can't. Run, nobody can run the ball. Even the teams have had oh. success. Nobody can run the ball on this. So it's going to be all on Jacoby Brissett. That back door is open, but, man, it's fucking, like, super covert. Like, like he better be out of town. Like, I mean, three counties out of town for you to try to slip in that motherfucker is all I'm saying. Hey, no lie. No lie. All right, moving on to those Carolina Panthers, and they are down now to a three-point favorite versus those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this is, this is a couple of teams that are – perplexing to me and they've kind of confused me a little bit at, at certain points of the season um philly leads the nfl in penalties which screams horrible coaching which i think they probably do have horrible coaching however on the other side philly's missing three offensive linemen and they put up almost 500 yards last week and did not punt yeah, i mean like so it, I mean, i'm confused and then last you know we obviously we've seen Carolina played that play well up until the Dallas game, and then last week it kind of it kind of went sideways on them a little bit. Um, now the offense still did 
okay against Dallas. You know they, they you know they put up a lot of yards and, and a decent amount of points. Some of that was garbage time though. But I, I because of, because I can't get a good read on these teams yet, and we need and early I need more you know games to get a, to get a good feel. I'm going to lean to Philly with a three and a half. Uh, but but I don't like it at all. I, I couldn't find anything digging in that would point me strongly one way or the other. So this is a pass with a with a forced lean to Philly for me. Well, the three and a halves are all gone. So if you wanted oh, that, shit. you should have bet it early. Uh, it's all down to three now in every book in town. Uh, mm. And here's the thing. The look-ahead line in this game was three. So it's exactly where it was in the preseason, which means... Longhorn, I think we were exactly right on both these. So we had we had both these teams going their season total. We didn't think either one of these teams were going to be any good. I think obviously Carolina's been a little bit of fugazi starting out the way they started out against their schedule. You saw when they played an actual good football team in Dallas last week what happened to them. They hung in there for a little while, but here's the point that I made, and it, this goes. I mean, obviously, we don't think much of uh, Jalen Hurts unless you have him in fantasy league, and he's probably pretty good. But as far as an actual quarterback. But here's my thing on Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, I, I've started to judge quarterbacks now by pretty much one. Not, I mean, we have the metrics. We have PFF. We have all the metrics that I always bring up, all the advanced stats and all that shit. But as far as, like, watching them play, uh, quarterbacks to me now, you're not good in this league unless you can make plays when the other team knows you after the throw. And you saw what happened in the first half in Dallas. Like, Sam Darnold, when they were doing their tricky shit, he was running, you know, speed options and shit like that, and he could do that kind of They could run. They had a lead. But then when, you know, Dallas exploded, Dak threw three touchdowns in the third quarter, then, you know, Carolina, they knew Carolina had to throw the ball the rest of the game, and what happened? Diggs, who had a very poor first half, for sure, by his standards, or by anybody's standards, like PFF, had him very lowly graded in the last game. And the reason why is because he was so bad in the first half. But in the second half, when they knew Carolina had to throw, he picked him off twice. Because Sam Darnold's not the type of quarterback when you know he has to throw the ball that can co-beat a team. So he's not very good. Neither one of these teams are very good. This line's exactly where it was in the preseason, which means to me it's exactly where we thought they were. In fact, the preseason had the over-under 47.5. It's at 45, which means Vegas even thinks both these teams are a tick under what, you know, as good as we even thought that they – as bad as they even thought we were, they think they're a little bit worse – uh, this this is a no play for me. It's a no play for the numbers are split, mm-hmm. and I just think that I mean, these are two bad football teams, and they're both going to start. I mean, they're both going to start losing more games than they win. I mean, Philadelphia's already been doing that. Carolina's going to start losing more games than they win. So whether they win this game or not, I think it's just simply predicated on how the game goes. If they can get a lead, establish a running game, play the good defense, keep you know make Jalen Hurts be the one who has to throw the ball. Yes, they will. If it flips the other way. I think Philly wins. So I think, I mean, literally, I think this is a true definition of a coin flip game. All right. All right, moving on, those Washington football people. Won us some money last week. Finally, mm-hmm. thank God. And they are hosting Famous Jameis and the Crab Kings, and they are two point row or two point home dogs, excuse me. Fuck, I feel like we've had Washington almost every damn week for, for whatever damn reason. I can't figure it out, but what, Bo Sivas, what happens when 
a New Orleans offense that seems immovable meets a Washington defense that seems unable to stop a fucking thing. Something's <laughs> got something's got to give in this game, man. I I struggled with this one. I I, I don't know what the computers are going to say. You can let us know, but like I wanted no part of this. I will say, <clears throat> you know, until Washington can show me that they're they resemble at all what they were last year, then I'm going to assume that they're a horrible defense going forward. Until they prove me otherwise, I'm just going to assume they're trash that we've seen. Um, and the quarterback situation, I mean, he's proven that he's just like Fitzpatrick. He'll, he'll do some bonehead things. He'll make some miraculous plays. It, so the quarterback situation is, is, is a wash to me <clears throat> at this point. Now, I will say this. Taysom Hill, that dude is basically a Corderell Patterson. You know, they're, they're basically the same players. I think Cordell Patterson is a little bit more explosive, but but whatever. They're kind of the same player. So if they couldn't stop Cordell Patterson last week, I don't think they're going to magically learn how to stop and tackle the kind of the same type of gadget type player and Taysom Hill. So I think he might be the key factor in this. I'm going to lean to New Orleans simply because, you know, <laughs> I, they haven't stopped anybody. I'm not. I, I'm going to pick against them until they they prove me they can do otherwise. So lean to New Orleans. What the computers say. Well, the numbers are firmly split on this one. Uh, and again, you look at the look headline, it was New Orleans minus one and a half now since the season's been playing. You could have bet this game two weeks ago to pick them. But that's after data starts coming in and the market inflation and deflation and all that kind of stuff. But basically, this game is in within a half a point of where it was originally. Again, both these teams have been downgraded. The total was 46 and a half. It's now 43 and a half. So... You know, Washington's defense has not been good, but yet this total is going down. That's probably because New Orleans' offense is so up and down with Winston, which that's what he's been his entire career. And it, to me, that's what this game is predicated on. If Winston goes out and hits his ceiling, which apparently now is 188 yards and, you know, a few touchdowns and no turnovers, <laughs> that's what you got for his ceiling. Pretty much. Then they, go, then they go win the game. If he goes out and goes full, full Crab King on us, Turns the ball over two or three times. Well, I think Washington wins the game because Washington has shown that if you put them in advantageous situations, as the Giants did and as Atlanta did with turnovers, you know, the kid, like you said, he's like Fitzpatrick. He'll he'll score the ball. He'll take yeah. advantage of things. And sometimes he'll make miracles happen. And sometimes he'll go, what he'll make you go, what the fuck is that? But at no time is his ceiling that high that you can say, oh, I feel. 100% confident with uh, the Heineken throwing the ball here. because That's just not who that dude is. Now, if you look at his efficiency grades, he has been incredibly, incredibly efficient for what they've asked him to do. But his explosive plays are just not there. So that's kind of the turn. Like, that is the, if, if they can stay on time and stay in rhythm, I mean, right now his efficiency grades are top 10 in the NFL. But... When he has to, like I just said, when he has to go throw the ball, and to his credit, he did go do it last game. He had to go throw the ball. Atlanta knew he had to throw the ball. He threw a fucking Hail Mary <laughs> that wasn't even a Hail Mary. And, you know, Scary Terry went up and fucking saved his ass and caught that football and saved our ass. He caught that football. But, again, nothing ever looks easy for him, right? When it's not on time, it always looks like a struggle. And Winston is right at an average quarterback with pretty much every metric imaginable. So, 
this again, this, and I hate to you know just be a coin flipper this week, but it's kind of where the schedule lines out. It's kind of where the line lines out. If there's not value, we're not going to lie to you and tell you there's value. I don't see any value in this game. Yeah, it's a tough slate. It's a tough slate. All right, moving on to my Jacksonville ass grabbing Jaguars, baby, <laughs> and they are four and a half point home dogs of those Tennessee Titans. Yeah, this um, oh boy. Chaos in Jacksonville. Just ugly, ugly stuff going on there. Um, it, you know, that's this has been kind of talked about all week with, with the situations going on with them and, and uh, you know, him doing what he did with the with the young lady. But let, let's set that aside because let's be honest, that's that's a personal thing. And, and um, you know, half those oh, players Oh, it looked in the personal. Room, it looked really personal. It was very personal. But half those players in the locker room are probably going to high five them on that. So, like, let's not get let's not get carried away about the the morality on this stuff. However, what I what did strike me, and what did kind of make me raise my eyebrows a little bit, is when I heard that he didn't get on the plane ride back with his own team. Like, I've never heard of that situation. I've never heard that in my life. Well, hey, co- I, actually, it actually came out on Twitter. He took the two hundred dollar voucher to. Let somebody uh-huh. else. He took that voucher. You know how they offer you a voucher sometimes to delay your flight. He took yeah. the voucher. He so he was just really. Yeah, no, that, that, I, I think he what, took. A, in fact, they said it was for a veteran, a a crippled veteran. He took the voucher so that that yeah, crippled well, veteran get back. I to believe his home that he would tell that story on time. I, I believe that Urban Meyer would use that as the story. Jesus told not, him. Jesus yeah, told him yeah. to give his yeah. seat up for that crippled veteran. Yes. Uh, that's what happened. So yeah. you know, you can make up whatever lies you want to, but that's mm-hmm. actually what happened. Yeah, and then and then he went to go visit his grandchildren, which was which was what he was supposed to be doing, and then he met you know his grandchildren's uh, best friend at the bar, and she gave him a lap dance. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of what it looked like what happened. So look, man, just I don't like the way that looks. I I mean, that, that's I've never heard of a coach not not being with the team. Feels like he quit on the team. Let's see if he if they quit on him on Sunday. This feels like a get right game for Tennessee. They got embarrassed last week against the Jets in kind of a kind of a spot that was set up for them to fail. I will say this: Tannehill last week, I I was so impressed by him. I watched so much of that game because obviously I I kind of hinted at at the Jets winning that game. That dude got the shit beat out of him all day long. Had nobody to throw to. Nobody was getting open. So all he had to do was drop back and just wait to get pummeled because no one's getting open for him to throw the ball. So actually, they lost the game, and it was a bad loss. But I I came away like, damn, that dude... That dude stood in that pocket, took that fucking that beating, and they still almost had a chance to win that game. So I was actually impressed by him a little bit in that game. Um, but the bottom line, if they don't have the receivers in this game, I want no part of it. Like if he, if again, if he's got no one to throw to, I want no part of it. Do I think Jacksonville can win this game? I don't know, man. M- maybe because they have some offensive weapons, and the last game Lawrence played played like a real quarterback, so. If he's going to have a hard time finding finding people to throw to again, and you're getting four and a half points, that's a good number to, to grab there. If Julio and AJ Brown are out, if if just one of them play, I'm on Tennessee. If both are out, I'm on Jacksonville. What do the computers say? Yeah, the computers are on Jacksonville. Firmly agreement here. Uh, I was looking up defensive 
Uh, great. So they played Cincinnati, right, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so Tennessee is 26th in DVOA. And Cincy is. Where are they at? I can't find it. Oh, they're number five. Number five, DVOA. So far. Yeah. Now, they're going to get tested this week with Aaron Rodgers, and it's some due to their schedule. I don't think they're really the fifth best defense in the NFL. However, uh, Lawrence did look good against the supposed fifth best defense in the NFL, and the Titans' defense has been fucking garbage yet again somehow with a defensive coach. I don't understand how that's fucking happening. Uh, <laughs> the bottom line to me on this one is it was two and a half points. You know, this line was in the look ahead. It's four and a half now. So, as bad as Jacksonville has been, you know, they haven't won a game. They've looked like shit in every game except the last one. This line has only moved two points to Tennessee. And some of that's because Tennessee's lost a couple football games and they just lost to the Jets, right? So, it was you could have bet it. At, you could have got Jacksonville seven and a half last week. It's down to four and a half now. So, obviously, they have been downgraded. However, they're still two points ahead. Of the original projection, and quite frankly, Jackson was exactly who we thought they were going into the season. They're a bad football team. We had them as the third or fourth worst football team going into the season. They've proven us right so far on that. We both had Tennessee win in the division, which they still, I mean, they're still the way odds on favor to do so. However, they have not performed the way they, we thought that they would so far this season. So to only upgrade them two points, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, or to up, I said to upgrade them two points. I don't know where the upgrades come from this time, especially like you said, if the injuries are there, if they don't have receivers, I don't see. I don't see that upgrade. Now, the reason why I'm not pounding the table for Jacksonville is because of just what you said with the Urban Meyer thing. We don't know. And that's the bottom line. And people need to realize, like, we don't know. And you need to remember, every time news comes out, everybody wants the most negative fucking headlines. So nobody's going to come out and say, oh, you know, the fucking players, they were just joking like, hey, man, uh, you know, I banged her last week or I, I had one look better than that last week. You know, why can't you do better than that, coach? Blah, blah, blah. They could be all saying that. And one fucking guy, the fucking backup tight end is like, I don't believe in this. It's not against, it's against my morals and he preaches morals. And that's the fucking quote they take from the unnamed sources. And they go and say the whole locker room's against him. Or the whole locker room could be fucking against them. We don't fucking know. But we will find out because if they don't go in there and monkey stop Jacksonville, then absolutely Tennessee's not the team that we thought that they were. And I don't give a shit if they got the receivers or not. They should just go in there and win the football game. They're the better roster with, with or without them by far. So they should just go win the game. If they don't or if they struggle, then you know Tennessee is definitely not the team that we thought they were. And if they do go in there and monkey stop them, then, you know, that's probably leads to that the reports were more right than wrong, and Jacksonville, you know, might be quitting on Urban Meyer already, and he might be ready to quit on them and go back and start checking oil on all the young ladies in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, at his fucking bar where he was at. Who fucking knows? But the numbers are on Jacksonville. I can only really take the points in Jacksonville if I had to bet it, but. I, I definitely see your handicap, and if the receivers are right, which I think I, Julio's not going to play, I'm pretty sure about that. Don't know about A.J. Brown. We'll see. 
but we'll know we'll know when the with the point spread because like the, it'll take up a half point to a full point if one of them plays. So it should. It's down to four at Caesars, but that's the only book in town that's at four. Everywhere else is still at four and a half. So maybe Caesars oh. took some heavy fucking Tennessee money and they're trying to get it down to Jacksonville, get some fucking money on them. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Minnesota Vikings are now a ten point. Home favorite versus your Detroit Lions. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota's pissing me off this uh, season. <laughs> though, Cephas, uh, <laughs> they've been in every game, and they could have won them. However, they lose. So, you know what that makes them, Bo Cephas? Losers. That's what it makes. <laughs> you lollygag your way off the ball field. <laughs> so, look. They couldn't block at all last week. Cousin, you know what? We just talked about Tannehill. I was impressed with, with Cousins, too. Like, that, that dude, they put up seven points, and he was getting the piss beat out of him. As soon as he dropped back and planted his foot, Garrett or uh, McDowell or, or somebody, JOK, was just in his ass. It was actually an impressive seven-point putout, if, if there's ever been such a thing. Uh, I knew a girl like that get... one time in college. She was yeah, an impressive yeah. seven put seven point put out. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think what that might possibly mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I met that girl too at some point. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure her and I crossed fast. So look, it, it man, they gotta get that fucking offensive line fixed. Like they and and you know, Cook didn't look right. He's you know, he played but he didn't look right. It's just, it's not, it's not going well. However, Detroit, this is this is a get right game, and we I've, we've talked since I wrote this this write up. Uh, I said that I don't like I don't like lines that I can't understand why the points are why the point spread is moving like it is. It's more it's moved like two two and a half points, and um, you know just like last week when the point spread for Houston and Buffalo went from like sixteen and a half. And close at 19, which is absurd. It never does that. It never goes that way in the NFL uh, with giant spreads like that. Um, so, so when I scratch my head on a line like that, it, it's it, it makes me pause a little bit. And obviously, we saw what happened in Buffalo last week. They they won like 40 something to nothing. Um, and this is along the same lines. I and until you told me about the injuries on the offensive line for Detroit, I was like, what is going on here? So my initial uh, response was just to stay away because I didn't know what's going on. Now, with that offensive line news of them missing Ragnall, um, Decker, and possibly Penny Sewell, that's their three best offensive alignment, so this explains it a lot. Um, you know, it's a big number in the NFL. It's a division game, so on a force lean, I would probably still be on Detroit, but I would hate every fucking second of it, and I probably wouldn't even be able to stand to watch it. Um, I will say Minnesota. Well, Minnesota was the perfect teaser play. <laughs> At nine and a half, they're not so much anymore. So the, even that's changed on my handicap. So what do the computers say, both of It sounds like I'm completely out on this one. Yeah, I mean, the computers are firmly on Detroit. Um, from what they've done so far and what Minnesota's done for so far, there's no fucking way this line should be 10. It's eight and a half on their initial look ahead. I mean, it was seven and a half coming into the week. It's moved two and a half points from that, a point and a half from the, even the initial look at it. It is all about the cluster injury on the offensive line. 
it is how fucking putrid, you know, this Detroit offense has looked when the game was in the balance. Now, when the game has not been in the balance, they've actually moved the ball and scored pretty well. So that does, you know, lean to the back door. And the only thing that still has me on the possibility of Detroit is because Minnesota, I, I mean, we know what they are. We know what their coach is. We know what their quarterback is. They've got to win this football. They have to. And they're not out of the division ranks, right? They're, you know, I know at one and three, you might think they are. It's a long fucking season. Anything can fucking happen. And they still get to play Green Bay twice, right? Who's in the lead. They, but they know they have to win this game. And when a coach like Zimmer and a quarterback like, like Cousins, when they have to win the game in the way their team's constructed, they're going to play the most low-variance game they can possibly fucking play. And they can really roll out and do that and win this game against Detroit. They're the much better football team, and especially with the injuries in Detroit. Obviously, Vegas is... I'm not breaking fucking news. They're a 10-point dog in the goddamn NFL. Obviously, they're the better football team. So... Yeah. They can roll out and play a very low-variance game and go win it and not have to put the ball in the air, not have to put Cousins in a situation where he can go Kirk Cousins on you. So with that being said, you know, they're going to try to grind it out, run the ball, put Cousins in limited, you know, very, very low volatile situations and just really try to go win this football game as low-variance as they can. It's the easiest way I can say it. And Detroit, on the other hand, they've got nothing to fucking lose. I mean, they're fucking, you know, they're dead-ass last in the division. They know they're probably going to finish dead-ass last in the division at this point. The kneecapper, he's aggressive. He's not going to stop fighting. It's a, it's a, this is the big spread that I actually like the open door in simply because of the way I know Minnesota's going to go out and play this game. I know how Coach Zimmer does things, and that's the reason why he covers so many spreads because he does, he does play at such a low variance style of football and when things are working for them they can absolutely do that especially against competition like this i mean i gotta lean detroit for sure i like you there's no chance in hell i would watch this fucking game i don't even want (laughs) to see it i just want to fuck if we put if we end up betting them i just want to fucking look at it and say thank god we fucking won or god damn it i knew we shouldn't bet that game that's gonna be my reaction either fucking Mm -hmm. way that, yeah. That's how I feel about it. But if yeah. obviously I would bet Detroit if I had to. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, we're going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> where we laid to rest, Fat Ben, before last week's game. <laughs> but he resurrected himself in the first quarter for a touchdown against those Green Bay Packers. And then he died. Another fat death right there on the field. And this line is just kind of crazy. So, consensus right now, they're a pick'em at home. However, they're a one-point dog at the Circa. They're one and a half-point favorite at FanDuel. It's all over the fucking. It's off the fucking board at WinBet. But consensus is a pick'em. They're hosting the Denver Broncos, and the total is thirty-nine and a half. And this game oh, is fucking God. gross. Thirty-nine. You know what? I, I didn't plan on this being it, but hello. Quarter TV game, thirty nine and a half. What decade is this? Who, what, who are the quarterbacks? Oh yeah, it's Big Ben and fucking Drew Lock. Yeah, it, it just I want no part of this. Um, you know, like you said, Ben died and Ben died, came back to life for a minute and then died again. It just this feels like a game that Pittsburgh is going to win with their defense. They're just going to will it. <laughs> They're going to will it. 
to a win despite whatever Big Ben does out there on the field. Um, so force lean to Pittsburgh. First one of 10 wins. Give me the under. If you could have made it 29. I'd still take the under. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just fucking gross game. Yeah, uh, definitely force lean Pittsburgh here. The numbers are split on it. But, yeah, I mean, this this is just the game that Pittsburgh wins. We didn't have Denver. I mean, we didn't have Pittsburgh rated very highly either. But we both, I mean, you had Denver rated higher than I did. But they're even above your expectation at this point, which means they've even at the most optimistic clip. Right. They got to fall backwards. This has got to be a game that they lose, just like we bet against them last week against Baltimore. Kind of the same situation, except for the fact that Pittsburgh does score, or they do struggle to score. Claypool is back, though, this week. That should help Fat Boy maybe move the ball a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's Pittsburgh or nothing for me in this one. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to Cincinnati. As I believe that's how they pronounce it up in that stupid-ass city. And they're hosting the Green Bay Packers, and they are three-point home dogs. Yeah, this is definitely the exact opposite of a Hello TV game. Put this right in the middle because the fireworks are going to be going off in this one. All offense. Um, I say no defense, but like you said, Cincinnati is playing a little bit of defense this year. Uh, Jair Alexander is out for Green Bay. It's their, that is their best corner. Preston Smith is out. He is their second best pass rusher, but he's their best pass rusher right now because because the other Smith brother is already out. So they are dropping like flies on the Green Bay defense, um, and that's a defense that's ranked 25th uh, for for Green Bay, and that's with that's with playing Detroit, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and San Francisco. Not exactly murderers row of offensive efficiency there. Um, so I certainly. Certainly expect Cincinnati to score in this game. They got T. Higgins coming back. I know Joe Mixon might not play. It sounds like he won't play. I actually think that might be a positive for them. That might force them to open it up, drop back, and throw a bunch against this uh, poor Green Bay defense with all these people missing. Um, uh, Cincinnati has an above average adjusted sack rate, uh, and they are pretty stingy against the run. So, you know, and like you said, the DOA, DVOA ranking is fifth, I believe, is what you said. So, I see this very being a very high scoring game because it is Aaron Rodgers and and you know despite the good defense he's still going to put up he's still going to put up his numbers when he wants to. Um, there are no weather concerns in Cincinnati. I already looked that up. It's going to be perfect weather. Um, so I, this is a game that I've both teams I got my hand right over the sounder. I mean it's right over it. I'm not going to hit it because I've got uh, you know I've got some other games that I'm doing it on so. I, I love the three, big lean to the three in Cincinnati, um, and uh, and don't be surprised if somehow, some way, Cincinnati comes out with a win in this game. What are the computers say? Big lean on the three, <laughs> big one. Uh, Thank you, Galloway. We love you, Galloway. Uh, yeah, the computers are firmly on Cincy. This is one of the bigger deltas on the board. If you look at the look ahead line, it was three points exactly this. However. What you have to remember when the look-ahead line came out, the original preseason look-ahead line, that was graded without Aaron Rodgers. So you're talking about basically a five- to six-point downgrade. So now the game is there with Aaron Rodgers. And if you look at the Delta, it's right at six points. So basically, these teams are, you know, even with Aaron Rodgers in with that projection. So... 
but it, the number's still at three, which means you got a huge value on Cincy here for what for how they have played so far this year. Now, again, do we think Cincy's going to keep winning games at this clip? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, and if they win this game, I mean, hell, who knows, right? I think they're plus, um, shit, what were they, plus 230 or something like that to win the division right now. Here's what I will tell you. If you like Cincinnati, and if you like Cincinnati in this game, you need to go right now and bet them to win the division because they're, uh, sorry, plus, yeah, yeah. Isn't it five? Was it plus five something? Uh, reading through here, nine and a half, brown. Browns to the Cincy. Uh, Cincy is plus 900. Oh, God. They were plus 2,500 to win the division to start the year. They're plus 900 now. So what I will tell you, if you like Cincinnati plus the three, and you think Cincinnati has a chance to go win this game, you need to go snag them at the plus 900 because if they do, and if you're right, and they go win the game, that shit ain't going to be there within an hour of them winning this game. So... That's what I would say the best value on this entire game is. If you like Cincy, go bet them right now to win this division. And we can tear up our under ticket season win total for Cincinnati if they win. 100%. That shit <laughs> is toast. Now, moving on. Those Houston Texans. And they are hosting the New England Patriots. They're nine-point home dogs. Yeah, we're going to need two corners, I guess, this week because hello! Corner TV game number two. <laughs> Nobody is going to watch this shit. Look, uh, I'm going to try to make this one real quick. The, he, uh, New England is a deadlock under team. Um, so, w- with that said, normally I would say that the, the nine points feels like way too much. However, I will say that the spot here and the situation with a rookie quarterback going against Bill Belichick, who we know... For, for what, well, it's not for whatever reason. It's because he's a genius defensive coordinator. He mind fucks the shit out of these rookie quarterbacks. Um, so that pulled me off of what would normally be a strong lean to Houston and those nine points. Um, and also the fact that New England last week dropping to one and three in that in that matchup against Tom Brady. They don't have they don't have time for a letdown. They, this isn't a time for a letdown game. They they need a win right now and there's no better way to get in a, get a win than to play Houston now will they get enough margin to you know because you can win and not and not cover that nine point margin but that's where that to me that's where that rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick kind of takes over from there um, I mean they could score honestly they could score 24 points in this game and probably cover those nine points um, so initially I had to lean to Houston I'm neutral on it now what do the computers say yeah the computers on Houston here um and yeah, Bills, he's really good against rookie quarterbacks, but he's got a rookie quarterback himself. And you look at the rankings, uh, the McCookie Monster <coughs> is 22nd in EPA plus CPOE. Right behind your boy Baker Mayfield, by the way. Mm. Having a stellar fucking year. <laughs> and David Mills is 30th in the league. He's only ahead of Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, who is unequivocally the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, starting. Oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't love Houston. I don't. Uh, we never did. We said they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. We said they're going to win one game, and it was going to be Week One. We nailed that shit. Um, 
they probably won't win another football game, and they're not going to win this game. However, this is another backdoor that I like only because of the same situation. It, Bill Belichick knows he's got to win. He's going to play as low variance as possible. I mean, he played as low variance as he possibly could against Tom Brady. They did open it up some. They did open up the offense some because they knew they had to. They know they don't have to versus David Mills and the fucking Texans. The McCookie Monster is going to do what he does. He's going to dink and dunk. They're going to be as efficient as possible. If Houston, if Houston can hold up in the red zone and give up field goals instead of touchdowns, they have a shot at covering, a good shot at covering this game. In New England, 11th DVOA defense, Houston 17th. So just slightly, and, then, and listen, Houston 17th after getting blown the fuck out and shut out. David Mills is 30th after getting blown the fuck out and getting shut out and playing terribly through four interceptions at Buffalo. He's still better than Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields after that game. So that means he's not quite as bad as what you saw last week. He's not good, but he's not quite that bad. And New England just played the game that, I mean, they've been, you know, Belichick's been prepping for that game for six months. Now, He's, he preps for every game. I'm not saying he's going to put not prep for this game, but there's no, I mean, just human nature. He's not going to put as much time into beating the fucking Texans as he did to try to beat Tom Brady. That's just, that's just inhuman nature. You're just not going to do it. You only have so many hours in a day. You got to prioritize your shit. He knows he can go win this game again with a low variant style. I think they do win the game pretty handily. Do they cover? I don't know. I would definitely lean Houston. All right. All right, moving on. And we are going to go to... Uh, we're going to go to... Oh, our Las Vegas Raiders. And they're hosting the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields, the worst quarterback. The <laughs> worst quarterback in the NFL is now the full-time starter for the Chicago Bears because all you dumbass Bears fans... Just fucking couldn't let good enough alone. Well, you're going to get what you fucking wish for. They're five and a half point road dogs. Hey, what's up, Chicago? So, Fields is back on the road after a gross home win versus Detroit. And this just feels like the the perfect bounce back spot for Vegas after they got somewhat embarrassed against the Chargers. I mean, they, somewhat? They came out. Yeah, well... If, well, for people that went to bed at halftime, it was certainly embarrassing. You know, if you stayed up for the second half, it wasn't quite as embarrassing. But, yes, overall, it was very embarrassing. It's a perfect bounce-back spot. Now, Fields has been okay at spots at home. He's been terrible, terrible on the road, like most of these rookie quarterbacks. But even last week at home against Detroit, if you watch that game, they were doing their thing, running the ball. He was doing his little, you know, check downs and, and making a play here and there. But as soon as the running back, Montgomery, got hurt and he was out of that game, they stopped scoring. And Detroit slowly crept their way back into that game. So I feel like this game is going to be much like the rest of his season has gone from the get-go to the end. It's going to be third and long situations all day long with a bad offensive line and no running game. Max Crosby just just bearing down on his ass, and it, you know I, I hate the dead number that it's at, but honestly, it's better than it being at six, six and a half, or seven. So at that number, give me a lean to Vegas, and I think this is a, a get right game for Vegas, and more struggling for young Justin Fields on the road. 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, the numbers are split on this, but the power rankings are leaning to Vegas. If you look at the look-ahead line, it was 3.5. That was with Dalton starting, so it's only two points downgraded fields. Again, that is not enough. It hasn't been enough since it came in. Now, the market is starting to adjust. It's a, I think it was three points last week, so it kind of ticked up half a point since he, you know, like you said, limped into a fucking win. Uh, I saw him. <laughs> I saw him fucking get hit for a fumble, and the ball went thirty yards backwards, and that was really the turning point. That's only the only reason why they won that football game. Is somehow, being the great athlete he is, and he's a great athlete, he got up, and because the Detroit fat ass lineman didn't just you know fall on, it, he tried to pick it up. He kicked it because you know fat people can't pick things off off the ground and run at the same time. Fields is no. able to fucking run it down and recover for a 30-yard loss on a fumble. Now, if Fat Boy just fucking falls in the ball, who knows what happens to that game. <laughs> and quite frankly, when it came in for Dalton, we had money on the Bears that week. And in less than two minutes, he almost let Cincinnati come back and cover the goddamn spread in a game that was fucking over. I mean, over. And he almost lost this game in two minutes. That's how bad he is against a real team and a quarterback that's actually competent. Well, Las Vegas is a real team. How good they are, we're going to find out. But they do have a quarterback that's definitely competent in uh, Carr. So, Carr's going to put up points. I don't think that Chicago's going to put up that many points. We'll see if they can get the lead. They got a chance to cover this game. If Vegas jumps out on front, they got no fucking shot. So, yeah, this is either going to be... You know, Vegas, they scratch out a win as they sometimes, or they do actually tend to do, or this is going to be the game that Vegas finally comes out and blows somebody the fuck out. You know, I was just going to say, you ain't lying about the uh, the, the, the fat ones not being able to, to scoop things up and get moving, because when I was trying to get rid of the fat monster last Saturday, <laughs> kick, her out, kick, her out, kick her out of my place, she couldn't scoop up her purse and her clothes fast enough without tripping over her fat ass, so that's... You are dead right. Oh, my God. Just pick it up, fatty. Let's go. All right, we're going to move on to those L.A. Superchargers. And they're hosting your Cleveland Browns. They're two-point home favorites. Oh, baby. Bo Sivas, I'm feeling a little dangerous on this game. I, I feel like I can't do this handicap unless I make this our Danger Zone Game of the Week. Alright, so obviously Baker was really, really bad uh last week. And if you watch that game, it was it was just it was brutal to watch. He missed a lot of open receivers and just was overall not very good. And Herbert was great, obviously on Monday Night Football, but he's been kind of great all year long, and that's perfect. I want to fade this narrative. This this is the perfect flip-flop situation for me. Um hey, the Chargers are not good against the run. And the last time they played a team like this, much like Cleveland, was the, were the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys ate them up on the ground. So I feel like this is a this is the just a mirror situation um, for, for the Chargers going up against this team. Herbert is going to have to prove. 
And I mean, he's proved a lot already, so don't get me wrong. This isn't a Herbert bashing session, but he's going to have to prove that he can do what he's been doing against a pass rush like this. And this might honestly be the best pass rush he has seen in his entire uh, time as a pro. So, look, Baker plays much, much better when his running game is working. And the, wor- and the running game is going to work on Sunday against the Chargers. So, uh, you know, I-, I-, I think this is the perfect spot. It's our Danger Zone game of the week. Hit that sounder, Bo Cephas. Cleveland goes in here. I'll throw it to you. Talk about how the um, what what we talked about earlier with the preseason perceptions and how we need to be better at kind of fading and using those to guide us through these early weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, obviously we had an underbet on the Chargers, and we both had Cleveland winning this division. In the North, it's going to be a tough division. We knew that, but we thought that Cleveland was going to be a really good football team. And guess what? Cleveland is a really good football team. Now, the Chargers have surprised so far with, you know, being 3-1. and one. Some of that is part of their schedule. And like you said, the, you know, the only team they faced that was, other than Kansas City, that was really overall confident was the Cowboys, and they lost that game. But that's two different styles, like you said. You know, the Chargers secondary is pretty good. I mean, they got Derwin James. I don't know where he's ranked on PFF anymore. Very whatever, high. But he's, you know, he's one of the best safeties in all of football. But like you said, Cleveland depends on the running game. It's running game heavy. If they get that working, Baker is one of the best play action passers in the NFL. And there's no debating that. Uh, yes, he did look very bad last week against Minnesota. He is injured. He's got an injury to his left shoulder. Uh, that was disclosed today. And if you look at the splits from the time it happened in week two till now, he's been a drastically different player. However, this game was Cleveland minus one and a half preseason. Now it's flipped all the way around charges to two. So three and a half points. So you gotta ask yourself, have this has this matchup really flipped three and a half points, which Cleveland is three and one, so they're exactly what we thought they were. The Chargers are three and one, not exactly what they thought they were, but their over under was what eight and a half, right? So, you know, they're one game away from being what they thought they were. So, one game is that really worth three and a half points of an upgrade? I mean, I don't see that. I really don't. And they're due for the letdown. Cleveland, you know, they they just showed last week they can go on the road. Their quarterback can play absolutely like shit. And they still go win a football game against a competent coach and a competent quarterback. Now, is uh, the kid for the Chargers better than Cousins? Yeah, probably. I mean, will he be? Yes. Is he right now? Yeah, probably. You know, probably. But he's got to show up for a little bit longer than what he's shown it. And again, Cleveland's defense, and that thing, that's the thing. We thought Cleveland was going to win this division, and we still said their defense was going to take a while to come together. It hasn't taken that long. They're really good already. And that has been a big-time surprise. Now, what we didn't factor in, in fact, Cleveland is number three overall in DVOA defense. What we did not factor in is the fact that Baker was going to be as poor as he's been so far. Again, 21st EPA plus CPOE. So, net-net, though, they're still the team that we thought that they were. In fact, I think that this version of Cleveland is even more dangerous to go with your danger zone theme than the version that we thought that they would get because 
they can play lower variance like they did against Minnesota and still go win a football game. They don't have to depend on, you know, crazy things from Baker. They don't have to depend on that because they've got a defense. They've got a running game, and they can rely on them to stop Herbert and, you know, kind of move forward. So I, I love your lean here. I love Cleveland. On this pick, again, the, the power rankings support it. The numbers are split, but, again, I don't see a three-and-a-half points swing in this game from what we've saw so far this season. I just don't. All right. All right, moving on. We are going to go to those Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and they're hosting those New York football giants. And they're seven-point home favorites. Yeah, this one's real simple to me. I am kind of lost on Dallas. I, you know, <laughs> they, they feel like the, the 2016 Dallas Cowboys, and they're not following either my normal patterns that I can pick up on them um, as the season carries on. So they're just way better than I thought that they were let's just put it that way um obviously you got daniel jones on the road he has been a road warrior so this is a perfect spot for him i am going to lean to the giants and those points daniel jones has seemingly fixed his interception problem not the fumble problem as much but he's only got one interception only thrown one interception in his last 10 games and one of those was a hell mary so if he i mean if you got a quarterback that's protecting the ball and he's a road warrior, and he's catching a touchdown in a division game. I got to lean to that, almost force lean to that. Um, and I'm looking at PFF numbers right now. You know what? Let me just take the team that's got the better quarterback, according to PFF, and that'd be Daniel Jones with an 86.9. <laughs> <laughs> you go down here to Dak Prescott with a 76.0, which is which is right now currently 16th in the NFL. I know he's played better than those numbers uh, show, and maybe Jones hasn't played as well as those numbers show. But still, that's a dramatic drop-off. 76 to 80, what did I say? 86.9, almost 87. So, yeah, huge lean to the Giants here. What did the computer say? Uh, sorry, I'm just stunned at that PFF number. Uh, well... Let me pull back in here. Yeah, so the computers are split, but the power rankings are firmly with you on the Giants, and I'm with you too. So Daniel Jones is now 11-1 in his last 12 as a road dog. Uh, he is the road warrior. He is the he is the road warrior. That's who he is. He is. Now, what I will say about Dak, and it's such a weird position to find myself in because, you know, I was a big-time Dak doubter when he came in the league. I mean, I watched him play his whole career at Mississippi State. He couldn't throw the football. He literally could not throw the football. And he's transformed himself into a very good quarterback in the NFL. So I am the first to admit I was dead wrong. He's been playing fantastic. And, in fact, this is the best quarterbacking I've ever seen him do. And what I attribute to is the fact that he can't move anymore. He's not mobile. He doesn't have really the escapability. He ran for a couple runs last week. But, I mean, honestly, he looked like a Ryan Fitzpatrick running out. Like, he just kind of lumbered towards the sideline until somebody just came over there and was like, please get out of bounds. Like, okay, he's I'll get out normal. of bounds. Now. He's just normal mobile now. Right. Like, he's not the, the mobile. His exceptional, right. and he was never fast, but he was exceptionally mobile and he big physical, right? I mean, he, the dude's legs were like tree trunks. Like, you just couldn't take him down. So, he has been normalized. Well, the Giants did last year. They, they took him down. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, he's been normalizing that. But here, here's the thing. This is his best 
EPA plus CPOE is entire career. He's sitting right now at seventh in the league. 0.162. That's tied with Russell Wilson. I mean, the dude is just he he's getting the ball. He used to he used to hold the ball. It was him and Tyrod Taylor for like two years straight. They held the ball the longest in the pocket of any quarterbacks in the NFL. Because they struggle to read defense, and that's the reason why they do that. And he just was afforded a great offensive line and time to grow. Well, now he's got one of the fastest snap to fucking get off times because he's putting the time, putting the effort. He's learned to read defense. He's making quick decisions. He's making great decisions. He's playing extremely, extremely efficient football. And it is like 2016 because now Zeke is now running wild once again. So, yeah, the Cowboys are. But here, but here, saying all that, here's what I have to say. I had the Cowboys rated exactly where they're rated right now. Our power rankings coming in the preseason. I thought they were going to have a good year. You know, I thought they were going to be a better football team than they were last year. And they are. Now, they've been aided by a lot of turnovers, which don't, that's one thing they can continue to go all year. It could be your whole year, right? It could be the, one of those Chicago Bear years. You just get them all. Or something that can dry up and, you know, your defense goes back to where it normally is. Now, what I will say. I think it probably meets in the middle. I mean, just speaking of averages, it's going to meet in the middle. You know, they drop a little bit, maybe not totally. Their defense kind of comes back to the mean, which, you know, progresses to where the actual talent level lies. However, in the look-ahead line on this, it was Cowboys minus five and a half. So it's a point. It's only a point and a half difference to a Cowboys team that has 3-1, has only lost to the world champions, has went on the road and beat the Chargers and a very good team, Justin Herbert, handed them their only loss. And it's a Giants team that's won one fucking game, and yet it's only a point and a half movement. And we just talked about two and a half points of movement versus a Browns team that is 3-1 and one and a Chargers team that's over, overperformed by about a game. But now I get a point and a half, only a point and a half movement for a 3-1 team versus a 1-3 team. I mean, the line opened at eight and a half. It's already been bet down to seven. To me, there's only one way to lean on this. It is the Giants with the number just because the value is a little bit too much. But I, w- I will refute the PFF numbers on Dak and Daniel Jones. There's no fucking way Daniel Jones is better than Dak Prescott. And I've, and again, I was not a Dak Prescott dude to open his career, but the dude is playing unbelievable fucking football right now. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, well, yeah, he's not, but it's it's we're getting seven points, so I love it. Yeah, go G-Men. All right, moving on. Those Arizona Cardinals, those fighting circus midgets. They're at home. They're pitching the tent at home. Hmm. They're five-point home favorites. It's down to four and a half in several places. There's a lot, a lot of hubris coming in on the San Francisco, uh, Western Wyoming 49er, whatever, wherever the fuck this quarterback's from. It's the fucking rookie plan. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of optimi- optimistic 49ers money coming to the market, Longhorn. Yeah, this is a confusing game to me uh, for for several reasons. Uh, but first, let me start with how wrong I was on Arizona. I don't even know to I don't even know where to begin to count the ways. I mean, I, I ragged on their free agent signings: AJ Green, JJ Watt. I ragged on their uh, I ragged on their draft. Um, put players not and i actually loved the players hated the fit rondell moore hated the fit uh zavin collins hated the fit love the player hated the fit i was wrong like or at least i'm so far it looks like i was dead ass wrong now i'm gonna keep fading 
these rookie quarterbacks on the road, especially on their first start, and I can't get past that factor. So, look, I, I, it feels like we're on the, or it feels like I'm on the outside of a lot of people here because I, I hear a lot of people that love San Francisco in this spot. The running game, and I get it. Arizona's second worst in adjusted rush, adjusted rush defense, and and Trey Lance could open that up even more with the RPO and the threat of him running. I get that. I get all that, and that's 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 a real thing there. So that that could be enough to get this cover, get that back door, and make them dangerous in this spot. But I just cannot get there with a rookie quarterback from what I've seen. And the rookie quarterbacks this year and the way they've played, especially on the road and in a first start, I can't go there. I, I can't risk our harder money, our clients' harder money on this type of on this type of situation. So I'm on a pass on this game, Bosevis. What did the computer say? Yeah, computers are split. Power rankings have Arizona by half a point. Um, yeah, I'm I'm passing this game as well. It's too much variance in, to me and but there if if you made me bet it, if I'm in a survival pool Against the spread, obviously, obviously straight up you're picking Arizona. But against the spread, even I would I would lay the points here mm-hmm. to the known entity. I would not because because five points is not enough to entice me to take a high such a high variance situation. It's just not enough. If it was seven, we'll talk. But five, yeah. no, I'm that's, that's such a dead number. I'm not, I'm not gonna take five points on a, a complete unknown. I'm not gonna do it. All right, all right, moving on. Kansas City. They're hosting Buffalo in a rematch of the AFC Championship game on Sunday night football, and they're two and a half point home favorites. Yeah, even though this is the game of the week, I this is my easiest and quickest write up. Uh, I it's one hundred percent fading the schedule difference, one hundred percent fading the public perception. You know, like <laughs> Buffalo has played the easiest schedule. Josh Allen has looked good on about. I don't know, four quarters, three quarters of the, the 16 quarters he's played. So, yeah, rarely will you ever get Kansas City this cheap at home. So I am absolutely leaning to Kansas City here. Um, you know, prove it to me, Buffalo. This is a prove it to me game on the road for Buffalo. Um, prove to me that those defensive numbers are true. Prove to me that, that Josh Allen is the MVP top Josh Allen. And if he can I mean, yeah, we know Kansas City's defense sucks and it is god awful, but I I feel like this is just a rare chance to grab Kansas City this cheap at home, so I'm going to take it. Lean to Kansas City as long as it stays under three. I'm going to lean to Kansas City. What are the computers saying? Yeah, uh, the computers are on Buffalo, but I mean, if you look at the four games of input, there's no other way from to be. I mean, Buffalo. Is the number one DVOA defense. They're fucking like second in offense. Like by all metrics they put up, they're the they're the best team in football. There is no argument. Statistically, there is no argument. They are the very best team in football. But that's why we do what we do. It's not all about stats and or data, especially this early in the year. You got to add context to it. You got to look at their who they've played, and their schedule has been very fucking soft. But like you said, it's a prove it game. Bottom line to me is the look-ahead line on this was four and a half in Kansas City. Have we seen two points difference where Buffalo and Kansas City are at? I think that's fair. I think that it's yeah. fair. I mean, if you look at you know Kansas City being 2-2, two two, Buffalo being 3-1, Buffalo's had one real fucking stinker, obviously against Pittsburgh. 
Kansas City, you know, lost a, a really tough game to the Chargers, but, made, you know, the Chargers are obviously looking better than we thought that they were. And I forget who else they lost to. Um, who else did they lose to? What, um, it, was, it wasn't a good loss. I remember that. Um, but either way, I, I mean, I can see a two-point downgrade. Again, with everything the market's telling you, it probably should be more. It Actually, I mean, obviously the numbers are saying it should be well above that. It should be actually, uh, let me get the exact line. Yeah, this game actually should be Buffalo minus two. So, by the numbers. Right, right. So, obviously, everything the Buffalo has done is a huge, huge upgrade for them. And It was the Chargers that beat them. Okay, so the Chargers have beaten both these two. Or, yeah, the Chargers beat Kansas City. Yeah, I said that. That was, t- that was a tough loss for them, but they lost one more, and I can't remember who they lost to. Oh, that's the Baltimore. Oh, yeah, yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore. That, w- that was the tough loss. That was like, you know, that was the one where the – Hilaire fumbled when they should have won. So they really should be 3-1. Right. and one. So again, is two points fair statistically? Yes, two points is fair. However, in context, is two points fair? I think it's way too much. I think I love it. I love Kansas City. If you can give me Patrick Mahomes and all I have to win by is a field goal, I can't pass that up. It It's like fucking, you know, buy one corny dog right now at the fair, get one fucking free, Longhorn. It's like fucking, <laughs> you know... Buy this cotton candy, I'll give you a fucking ice cream cone for free. It's like, you know, you, you rent this hooker and I'll give you the fucking brunette for free. You can't fucking pass these deals now, up. You cannot pass them up. Now you're talking. Now You can have the corny dogs. I'll take the hooker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the last game of the week, and it is those Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. They are hosting the Indianapolis Colts, and they're seven-point home favorites. Yeah, real simple here. This feels, my initial lean was Indianapolis plus those points. Feels like a square dog. Obviously, Baltimore, we know they're the bullies on the, they're the bullies on the block. This is a primetime game. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they got a lot of shit for what they did last week with, with, you know, running that play to get that record. Do the hardballs strike you as people that give a fuck what people say? No, they don't. And as a matter of fact, that probably. I mean, just look at those khakis. Yeah, they don't give a they don't give a fuck. And to me, if they have a chance at the end of this game, and it's like a six point game, a four point game, and it's like ah oh, yeah, they'll they'll probably just run this out and like kneel down. You think that they won't just throw a ball in the end zone and get a cheap touchdown just to say fuck all y'all for talking shit about us? Yes, they, of course they will. So on a force lean, I would lean to Baltimore <laughs> reluctantly. I hate lean. I hate. Giving up this many this many points, but they're the bullies, man. This this is what they do, and I know there's a trend out there with with Lamar Jackson. Uh, this favored seven or more, it's like a ridiculous. Maybe you got it. I don't, I don't have it written down, but it's a it's a ridiculous cover ATS cover spread that he's got on this. So yeah, give me Baltimore. Yeah, I'm looking to see if I actually do have that written down. I did have it at one time. I don't see that I. It's like seventy percent, isn't it? It, it's something stupid like that. Yeah. It, when yeah, when he's set, when he's seven or more points, it's it's almost an automatic play. You know, when they when they get this kind of bully ball going on. However, I just play a little bit of devil's advocate, and then I'm done with it. But uh, the numbers are split on this game, and Lamar is not quite healthy. I think we saw that in Denver. Uh, they obviously did not beat Denver as badly as they obviously could have beat Denver. 
they got the lead and they pretty much kind of ducked out on that. So I think they're going to feel the same way versus Indy. That's the only Devil's Advocate I have of the Bully Ball on covering this seven. Maybe, just maybe once, Harbaugh does a sensible thing and doesn't fucking, you know, tell Lamar to run up and down the field. But that, you know, that's like saying maybe, just maybe, my buddy Longhorn won't go fucking hit on the last chick at the end of the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe sometimes he won't, but, I mean, you're not going to bet on that. You're not going to bet on him not to do it. So, it's kind of silly. See you Saturday. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, that was all that wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, time that we've all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free picks of the week, baby. Longhorn, hit us with that NFL goal. That's right, baby. Free pick time, and I have got a doozy for you. I am, you know what? I've been, I've been not putting these sounders in my money line parlays and kind of being a little skittish on the money on the uh, sounders. No more of that bullshit. We're we're going hard here. At, at FGH, let's go with a one, two, three, four, a six-team parlay. Two of them are my Sounders, and the other, the other four are teams that should win. So it pays uh, eleven to one, eleven and a half to one. We'll call it. It is the New York Football Jets. That's one of the Sounders. The Minnesota Vikings. The New England Patriots. The Cleveland Browns, our danger zone game of the week. And then it goes Dallas Cowboys and finish it off with Baltimore on Monday night. Once again, Jets, Vikings, Packers, I'm sorry, not Packers, Patriots, Browns, Cowboys, and Ravens. Again, that pays 11.5 to 1, and we all do the money dance. Well, with the amount of mean peens we have out here on the patio, we're always going hard here at FGH. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, college free pick of the week. We're going to go with UCLA, minus 16 at Arizona. Uh, mm. Longhorn, I don't know if you know this about Arizona, but they're fucking terrible. Uh, they're outside of our top 100 in their power rankings, I, and they're 121st. I don't know that. Well, they're 121st in EPA dif- differential in the country. UCLA, meanwhile, is top 30 in our power rankings, is 56th overall in EPA differen- differential. Arizona is 66th in EPA offense and 92nd in offensive rushing, 92nd offensive passing, and 124th EPA in total defense. Now, UCLA's weakness is their defense, ranked 102 in EPA, but Arizona is so poor on offense, they will not be able to take advantage of this. This spread should be just north of 20. We're getting four points of value here, and the biggest rub in this game is Arizona. The only thing they do do decent on offense is run the ball, 66th in the country in EPA. But that is also the one thing that UCLA does do defense with their shit, do decent with their shitty defense. They're 41st, 41st EPA against the run. So that's a strength on strength, which should nullify any chance Arizona has at creating and sustaining any offense in this game. And UCLA still knows the Pac 12 South is still open. And if Arizona State and Utah stumble, they are still at max motivation. And coming off that loss against Arizona State last week, they should be max focused to go win this football game, and gain the margin, because that's always a big thing in college, on a really, really bad Arizona team, because everybody beats the shit out of them. 
they got to fucking go do it too. So go Bruins and your sissy blue shirts. Yeah, the, the, the reason I don't know anything that you just said is because that's a West Coast game, and usually a West Coast game is about midnight around our time, and I'm knee-deep in bad decisions by, <laughs> at that point, so I have no clue what's going out, going on out there in the West Coast. Well, while you're knee-deep in bad decisions, why don't you tell all the Glory Hole Seekers about a good decision? That's going to that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to our to our channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Football 401k with our very own Bo Sivas and RJ Choppy. And of course, you can find us on the one, the only DallasCowboys.com. People, we are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life. And Bo Sivas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your hard money on a guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a bookie again god damn it people never pay a bookie again steven tyler take us out baby